Hello, and welcome to the Self-Management Podcast. My name is Jay, and I'm your host and author of the Soft and Centered blog. Here's another reading of a blog post with some thoughts and discussion at the end, so stay all the way through. You can find it on the Soft and Centered website in the Emotional Intelligence and Regulation section. This is titled, Reasons to Improve Our Emotional Intelligence and Regulation Number One. Number one, it heavily influences our quality of life. To me, this is the most important and usually the main reason a person decides to pay closer attention to their emotional experiences. In a way, your emotional experience is your whole life. When someone asks you, hey, how's it been? Or in moments of personal reflection, you're reviewing how your life has made you feel and how you feel about life. Because it's not commonly taught, most people do not have a healthy or accurate understanding of emotions in themselves or others. Deliberately improving your emotional intelligence and emotional regulation will increase how often you feel positive emotions like contentment, joy, and ease. It will also give you the cognitive skills to recognize and root out the poor mental habits that increase negative emotional states such as frustration, anger, and sadness. Isn't it worth the time and effort to learn skills that directly help ease your psychological pain and support your ability to enjoy life? Especially if it means the direct circumstances of your individual life don't even have to change at all. Emotions are at the core of human experience. It's a huge component of how you measure a person's quality of life. Quality of life is a broad, pretty subjective term for a lot of separate considerations. It could include living conditions, relationships, health factors, various experiences, and a whole host of things that are often culturally dependent as well. But they only influence our emotional life and by no means determine it. Your lived experience of day-to-day life determines its quality. As if that weren't all complicated enough, how we feel about our own emotions impacts emotions themselves too. According to the Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center, quote, Learning to manage difficult emotions has several positive outcomes like better mental health, moral decision-making and memory, as well as general well-being, end quote. Suppressing our emotions has been tied to worse overall functioning in those same categories. Many of us were taught or have learned to suppress our emotions through unfortunate events and or more punishing parenting or teaching styles in our early lives. Peer groups and professional organizations can also pressure a person or the entire group of people to bury how they feel. This destructive way of dealing with or not dealing with our feelings often fuels the underlying emotional turmoil many humans endure and leash on others and bake into destructive cultural norms and entire systems. It's a tragic outcome for us all on many levels. Note, emotional suppression is very different from emotional maturity or self-control, which allows a person to accept and feel the difficult emotion while choosing to express it in an appropriate way. Paying attention to your inner life and building the skills of emotional intelligence and regulation are sure paths to greater satisfaction and well-being for yourself and everyone you come into contact with. Psychological traumas and personal inexperience dealing with painful emotions can make this unfamiliar and very unpleasant work. Like learning any deeply useful but complex skill, it develops over time and practice and takes much longer to feel natural than most of us would like. It is all 
always a worthwhile pursuit. Emotional intelligence and regulation pays dividends, sometimes literally. It allows you to strengthen your social connections, increase the jobs you can do well and the responsibilities and relationships people trust you with. There's a whole host of reasons this is an incredibly powerful skill set to nurture, and I look forward to continuing this series. Yeah, not too many thoughts after this one. This will probably be a pretty short podcast episode. Um, I placed this reason in the number one spot because there are so, so many benefits to feeling more in control of your emotional life, more emotionally intelligent, you know, your ability to relate to others and you know, a lot of the successes that can come from being able to do this, right? It is a very valuable skill, especially, you know, touch on this later on, but, and with technology being able to do a lot of the things before that humans did, our emotional intelligence becomes an even more valuable asset because that is still something that tech struggles with. So yeah, putting all that aside, all the things that you could gain externally, number one is what it can do for you internally. Um, That to me is the most important benefit, right? Because your life, you have to live it. You're the one inside your body experiencing your emotions. So if you have better, you know, how rewarding and pleasant you find your life and the things that you do and the actions that you take has so much to do with how you feel and your emotions. So it's just such an important core to a life that has inner stability. And something I love about that too is that this is a skill, there are a lot of skills like this, but I think this one sticks out to me as something that really you have access to anywhere and can't be taken from you. You know, you can be robbed, You things can be seized, you can be, I don't know, kidnapped. Like this sounds like kind of a ridiculous situation, but you know what I mean? All you have really is your mind and the faculties and skills that you've built. So if you have this core inner stability that you can touch at any time and bring with you anywhere, It gives you such a sense of, at least for me, it helps me feel more calm in different situations. And when I am pursuing different challenges or when things just crop up in life, because you know that you have this base skill that is constantly developing that you can access and can't be taken from you. I think this marries really well with the decision-making portion of the blog because the two are just so connected. Actually, originally I was just going to make, write, research content related to decision-making more strictly, but then I realized, I mean, I had to talk about emotions. They're just so intertwined. You know, I feel like rationality and emotions are usually talked about at odds, you know, head versus heart, or, you know, rational versus irrational or emotional. Um, But emotions color your life and they help signal what feels good to you and what doesn't. So while you don't want them to be the driver of your decisions primarily, the two go hand in hand. Really, you get some of the best outcomes for you when you are balancing them pretty well or making them work in your life in tandem, like when they are stepping together. 
This is also something echoed by Chip and Dan Heath in Decisive and Daniel Goldman in the book Emotional Intelligence. So yeah, check out the piece if you want to read it yourself on the blog. Let me know your thoughts as always and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay on top of the weekly uploads. Scroll down to the show notes in the description of this episode for a link to the blog softncentered.com and to get onto the bi-weekly newsletter so you're the first to know about new posts, releases, and other updates. Please, please take just a few minutes right now to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. The feedback and support means a lot to me, and I love hearing from you. Feel free to email me at softandcentered at gmail.com as well, or on any of my socials at softandcentered on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Thank you again, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.